Welcome back to the Black Letter Podcast. We set out to create an entertaining and exciting podcast about law and business, and I think we've done it. Black Letter, the name, comes from the Gothic typeset that was originally used in the Gutenberg Press. Over time, Black Letter became the only font that English law books were printed in. Everything else was printed in regular type. It made it harder for kind of the common person to understand what the English law books said. Black Letter came to represent something that was law, that was set in stone, that was sort of old and a well-settled fundamental principle of law. We're here to demystify Black Letter law. We're here to demystify things that happen in business and law and where those two meet. And I hope you have fun listening. You had something to do with killing Osama bin Laden, which is pretty cool. I think, actually, uh, I heard at the partner retreat it was one of the big wins in the last few years. One of your big wins was you killed Osama bin Laden. I thought that was kind of interesting. So uh, tell me about that. How did, how, did you, how did you help get that guy? Uh, well, yeah, obviously I didn't kill Osama bin Laden. They worked with Osama. the military, uh, Osama bin Laden. They worked with the military, uh, you know, a SEAL team to go in there and actually conduct the operation. But uh, with respect to the, the operation, there were a number of legal issues that we wanted to make sure were resolved and worked through first. Uh, we wanted to be able to demonstrate, or I should say that the uh, CI general counsel was uh, Stephen Preston at the time, wanted to be able to demonstrate that we had thought all these issues through before the operation and we were not sort of reconstructing and justifying actions after the fact. What's the next big thing for you guys? Well, we're, we're really focused on small business. Uh, that's that's a large percentage of our, of our volume. Um, you know, we also do a lot of, you know, help with estate plans for people, wills and trusts. Uh, you mentioned intellectual property, something that you're very involved with. But, you know, really a lot of people are starting their own businesses and, and it speaks to the economy and just the, the, the state of employment in general. So what we're laser focused on is how we can help entrepreneurs, you know, people looking to start their own businesses, not only you know, get set up, do the proper formation, you know, make sure everything is all taken care of through the Secretary of State, which, which we help them uh, a great deal with and have over the years. But the, the new focus is how can we help you run your business? You know, it, there's, there's a lot that goes on after the formation. The first three, three months of, of starting any business are critical. You know, getting established, getting everything set up the right way. Are you hiring employees? Uh, do you need tax consultations? Do you need insurance? So in terms of what happened with iTunes, so, it, so what I understand is as of September, iTunes is gone. gone. So what, what happened to all of the iTunes purchases everybody's made, all the songs we've bought? I believe they'll still be locally on your machine, but now they're replacing iTunes with four apps, is my understanding. Okay. Uh, a, a podcast app, mm -hmm. um, a music streaming app, uh, I forget what the other ones are, but they're essentially trying to morph themselves into becoming Spotify. Okay. Which again, is devaluing music, because at least in the case of iTunes, you're paying something for something tangible, a download. Right, yeah. Now you're paying, you're, you're, Apple's adopting Spotify's model and saying, pay us a subscription per month you could stream all the music that's ever been made by mankind. Right, and all, so the, so all of the films, all of the movies. So you're not going to buy movies on the iTunes store anymore. I, that's correct. That, that's the other one. There's going to be a special TV, uh, Apple TV and Apple. Yeah, phone. Apple TV's already popped up. It's already a thing on, on, on the uh, Apple store. So, so I believe what's happened to music 
mm -hmm. is going to happen to film. It's just happening more slowly. I was talking to a real estate person the other day about the issue of safety at open houses. Have you ever heard? So, so I didn't even realize this was an issue either. It's the safety issue. of the real estate agents themselves. When you have an open house, it's like, hey, anybody who sees this sign on the road, please come into this private place and right. we'll close the doors. Yeah, I mean, thinking about it now as an ex-prosecutor, I'm like, wow, that is a potential invitation to some bad stuff. Um, have you guys it, seen that or is that an issue that it, you deal it, with? It is, it is an issue. You know, we cover you know, our agent safety extensively in our policy manual, but in also our training. Um, you know, one of the standard things is, you know, you tell the agents, you know, when you're showing a property, you know, you keep everyone going ahead of you into the rooms. Right. You don't walk into a room where they can just slam the door and you have no way out. So th there's a, a lot of things yeah. that you have to just, you know, be thinking about because at the end of the day, you're right with, you know, nowadays a lot of, you know, consumers, buyers, sellers, or right. you know, buyers, you're not needing them until you're at the property or they walk into your open house. Especially open house, right. yeah. Can people still immigrate to the United States? I mean, it sounds like they can't. We don't want any immigrants because <laughs> we're putting a wall around the whole country. Sure, right? sure. Or a fence, I'm not clear what we're doing. Yes, you can. Yeah. You can immigrate to the United States. The important thing, one of the first things I tell every client, whether it's business, family, or whoever, one of the first things I tell them is that U.S. immigration law is designed to keep people out. Uh, the reason I, I say that the first line in the Immigration and Nationality Act is uh, the U.S. assumes, the U.S. government assumes that you are trying to immigrate to the United States. The practical effect of that, that line is that we're going to do everything to try to keep you out. I say this uh, in part, though, to, to jolt uh, clients to a sense of reality that you can immigrate to the United States, but it's not going to be easy. You okay. have to have your ducks in a row. You gotcha. have to have your paperwork in a row. You have to have, um, you have to, uh, if you get an attorney you can trust, you have to trust them and provide all the information that, that, that you can possibly provide to allow them to strategize in the best possible way. So what is it that that you, what's the principal driving piece of advice that you give? Uh, I know you represent some athletes right now that are in the NBA and things like that. So what, what, do you, what do you tell them when you first meet with them? Hey, here are, the, here are the gotchas and here's what we need to do for you. What's the most important? Well, I mean, you start off with, well, wow, you didn't want to you know, make that our focus is to do athletes because just, I've been on the other side where, where guys would come into a locker room, there's someone sent them in there and immediately they're trying to get all the athletes. Right. If that guy's crooked, the player ends up getting a bunch of deals from his friends and then he scatters and the player's left with a bunch of broken hearts. So first thing you do is you just try to say, okay, what, what are you trying to do you know, similar to you? What are you trying to do with your life? Where are you looking at in the future? This is what you have and, and ultimately, Get a snapshot of where they're at now. Okay. And give them a snapshot of where they could be in the future given what they're doing now. If you spend 100000 a year, it may look good when you got, you know, you got $10 million in the bank, but over time, you know, if you're not doing anything else or you keep giving out money or you're doing whatever, it's going to, it's going to, at the end of 10 years, 15 years, you're broke. I hear provisional patent. Is there such a thing? Yeah, so uh, provisional... I mean, can, do I own a provisional patent? Can I? I see. I see what you're saying. So, I mean, technically, it's not a uh, a patent. It's never going to grant. Um, but a provisional patent 
is important for those inventors who don't want to spend a whole lot of money on it but want to test the product. So if somebody comes to me and they say, you know, I don't really know if this is going to be a good product, I don't know if uh, it's going to sell well, I really don't want to invest a whole lot into it, uh, that's what I'll recommend is a provisional patent. It gets their filing date with the patent office and it gives them 12 months to try and sell it in the market and see how well it does. As long as they, uh, they file a non-provisional utility, which is the actual patent application, within the 12 months, what happens is the, the non-provisional utility will backdate to the provisional application. So it relates back to that. So you're yes. essentially, your utility application, even though you file it six months after you file your provisional, the date of that utility is the date that you filed your provisional. Yeah, that's exactly right. And, you know, the provisional is a good way of preventing yourself from, from missing that 12-month bar, yeah. right? So you file a provisional, then you start selling it, and you'll have a filing date that's before whenever you started selling it. Tell me about when you joined the firm, the firm was filing more trademarks than any other law firm in the United States yes. and had a sort of jumbled structure for the process of filing trademarks. I think it filed 1,400 trademarks in the U.S. or registered 1,400, filed 3,500 last year. Uh, how did you detangle that web and did you have to learn about trademarks? Yes. <laughs> Sometimes I joke when, uh, you know, I came into the law firm initially, I knew like, what's the difference between a trademark and a copyright? I had no idea. Um, so it was like part of the process of learning. I went into that. But now you know. I know a lot more than I, uh, yeah, I know a lot. <laughs> you know, sometimes I hear people talking, I'm like, oh, that's not it. That's not a copyright. That's a trademark. You know, so it's kind of, um, you know, now my newsfeed is filled with like trademark stuff, which is kind of scary. <laughs> you know, it used to be aviation stuff. Now it's like trademark or, you know, business law, employment law. So, um, yeah, it's interesting, uh, but I think you have to get involved to be able right. to solve the problems. And I think managers or anybody at any level, if you don't know how to do it yourself and understand what's going on, you can't solve the problem. I would think that the relationship for me would be the most important thing. Sounds like that drives both of you guys, makes you such good partners that you're it, both kind it, of relationship. It really does, and, and the, the, it's, it's incumbent on us to be as efficient, right. both time and cost as we can. The, the Rocket Mortgage is a, is, a, is, a, is a good example because after you satisfy the parameters of that mortgage, right. everybody says that it's done based on the premise that circumstances are fixed. There's a loan amount. This is my house. I'm going to live here. I'm going to make mortgage payments. Right. A comparable transaction on the commercial side has multiple times more variables and those variables some are fixed some are in flux right and so the influx is the part where the the personal relationship allows us to be nimble to modify and, and shift as the as, business changes to change the relationship the, the only way the only way you can modify your rocket mortgage is to pay it off and go get another one yeah uh, that, that, that may not be totally correct but it's 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 Fundamentally. And, and it has its place, you know, in, in, in the home mortgage, it's it's a, a little right, different. I, I realize it's not commercial we, but, lending. But, it, but, it, no, but it's, it's, consumer, it's an important yeah, distinction sure. because yeah. in the home mortgage, it's one of the most important investments someone makes. But it's one of the most important investments they make for their family with their family. Most people don't go into it thinking, oh, I hope my banking relationship is, is solid on this in the same way they do in a business relationship. Because if you're forming a business or you're starting something in that, you're going out beyond. Everybody's got to live somewhere. That that one's kind of a known entity, but not everybody starts their own business. Not everybody runs or expands. And most people that do don't 
start a business to operate X. They want to start it. They want it to succeed. They want to grow it. They may want to sell it. They may want to evolve it to something else. They may want to buy another one. In all of these things in the business context, the growth and the change is part of the initial thought going into it. And that's where having someone who is going to be a partner in that enterprise and work with you in all of that is so much more important because you know it's going to change. You've, you've anticipated that from the outset.